Hello there, this is Benny. And this is Kyle. And you're listening to The Doctor's Watcher. The geology podcast about every episode of Doctor Who. Geology? That rocks. <laughs> and that's the level of humor you can expect on our show here, folks. <laughs> Stick Indeed. around. Indeed. We've maintained that level for a hundred episodes, and we're not going to deviate from it now. Yeah, it's not going to get any better. <laughs> it's probably gotten worse. <laughs> well, Kyle, I had an update for you that I wanted to share. Um, oh, yeah? We were talking about Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, and I mentioned that I hadn't started on uh, Tears of the Kingdom yet because I was still working on the DLC for Breath of the Wild, but it was incredibly difficult, and I wasn't sure what I was going to do about it. I decided to give it another shot, and I managed to get past the part I was stuck on, and now I am continuing in my attempt <laughs> to actually clear the DLC before I move on to Tears of the Kingdom. So yeah, still, nice. still working on this Breath of the Wild DLC. Um, trying to get my motorcycle <laughs> we'll see how that goes it is incredibly difficult i am i don't think i have the level of skill required just uh, for what it's worth but <laughs> i uh, may be able to get through an, a, a mixture of tenacity and um a willingness to like be as cheap as possible on on some of these fights and missions and things <laughs> and uh kind of brute force my way through some of the challenges nice like, there's there's at least one where i was just like you know what i've got some of these like guardian arrows or ancient arrows or whatever um i don't really feel like fighting these robots so you you <laughs> all get ancient arrows <laughs> nice yeah, I'm cool. still still playing Tears of the Kingdom and probably will be for quite some time because there's just so much game in it to be played. Indeed, it's one of those. Yeah, I I will say that there are there are certain ways that I feel like it has improved on Breath of the Wild. There are maybe a couple things that I liked the Breath of the Wild like user interface for a little bit better huh, but for the most part tears of the kingdom is is definitely a step up well good to know as i'm still <laughs> working through <laughs> breath of the wild it's one of these things where i'm like oh i want that motorcycle so bad but then like how long am i actually going to be playing the game with the motorcycle um mm -hmm. rather than just moving on to tears of the kingdom so tbd well, shall we talk about some Doctor Who? Yes, uh, enough of uh, Legend of Zelda. Let's talk about Legend of the Doctor. <laughs> In some ways, Doctor Who is also a link to the past. That's true. That, that's one of the older Zelda games for our younger <laughs> listeners. Uh-huh. So this is the 17th episode of season three. Mm -hmm. And it is the eighth episode of the Daleks Master Plan serial. Mm-hmm. And it is called Volcano. Very cool. 
And I will say for the record that this episode and indeed the rest of the serial is written by Dennis Spooner. We're back to Dennis. Dennis! <laughs> well, Kyle, uh, for season three, episode 17, Volcano, tell us, how did you watch it? Uh, this is another reconstruction. Okie doke. <laughs> yeah, don't have a whole lot to say about it this time. All right, thanks, Liz Cannon, for making these. We appreciate it. Um, <laughs> cool. Uh-huh. All right, Cliff Dangler. Yeah, I don't know if we really had one last time. Yeah, I, I was just going to say the same thing, basically. <laughs> we, we had a bit of a filler episode last time for uh, a literal holiday special. You know, it was aired um, for uh, around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they didn't do much. Well, nothing of consequence to the plot, so <laughs> we're just c- kind of getting back into it. And, you know, like generally... At the start of an episode, they show us, like, the last 30 seconds or the last minute or whatever of the previous episode. Do they not even bother? Didn't even bother. All right. We jump right into new stuff. The first scene of this episode is with CGI Daleks. Of course, CGI thanks to Loose Cannon. Thanks, Loose Cannon. And these Daleks let us know that they have fit the Terranium core into their time destructor, and it's ready for testing. But they don't know it's made of paper mache. Correct. They do not Excellent. yet know that they've got the paper mache Terranium. Excellent. We know that, but but they don't know that. We cut to a different room at the Dalek Conference Center. I think I mentioned in an earlier episode that like I wasn't really sure if the Dalek Master Plan Club conference was still going on or not. Mm -hmm. But it seems like maybe it is still going on because Mavic Chen, Trantis, and Salation are all still here. Sometimes you also have like smaller cons that take place around the same time in the same location as the bigger cons. Because I I don't know if that's as true for conferences as it is for conventions, (laughs) but I'm sort of (laughs) conflating the two. I'm conflating the two <laughs> i didn't do that on purpose I, I never actually do puns on purpose yeah i, just I rarely do, them do puns on purpose like, either too most of the time <laughs> <laughs> so these three chen trantis and salation are discussing how relieved mavic chen must be now that the daleks have the terranium back and how it seems like only some of the people who stole it were from earth only two of them, and they are under the influence of some creature from another galaxy. That, huh. Yeah, that creature being the Doctor. Huh. I mean, I know they have no, no reason of knowing where the actual Doctor is from, so I don't think that this is much in terms of what the Doctor canonically is, but I, I dig <laughs> it anyway. I think that's uh-huh. cool. Because I know that we've said that we don't actually have any indication yet that the Doctor is anything but human. Um, and I don't know if we can count this or not, because, like, how would these yeah. guys know? So. Yeah, I'm not sure if this counts or not. Yeah, but it's cool. We very briefly cut to the TARDIS, basically just long enough to learn that they're apparently being followed as they fly through time and space, and that Sarah Kingdom wants to go back to Kemble to destroy the Daleks' invasion fleet. Hell yeah, Sarah Kingdom. Yeah, person of action. I hope she sticks around. I like her. 
back at the Dalek Conference Center, Salation and Mavic Chen are now watching Trantis through a window. Trantis is inside of the test chamber with the Time Destructor. <laughs> Good luck with that, buddy. Uh-huh. So for Salation, you should picture somebody who is like human-shaped, but they're white. Not white like skin color or ethnicity, but just like actual white. Hmm. And they're covered in sort of like round nodules that are black. And they talk like this. I wonder why they chose him. I dig it. Yeah. Yeah, they don't they don't do the hissing sound every time they speak, just sometimes. But they're always like in that voice. Excellent. When you said when you said that this character is is all white and covered with black nodules, I was like, and uh, is is he always talking about his holes? <laughs> uh, listeners, if you haven't seen um, the the latest Spider Verse movie yet, please do. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it is amazing. He yeah, Trantis or Salation is actually like fairly similar to that character. Uh, Salation's nodules are three-dimensional black rather than just like flat or empty black. But mm-hmm. but yeah, Trantis, meanwhile, is the guy that I think we've mentioned in an earlier episode who looks like he has leeches on his face. Yes, I, I remember that detail that there's a character <laughs> that had leeches all over their face. And the Time Destructor looks like a three-dimensional asterisk that's probably about a foot or so in diameter. What? A foot? <laughs> At first I was getting like really excited about it. It's like time destructor. Hell yeah, but hold on. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like a, it's a portable device that you can carry around. I guess that's kind of cool in its own way, maybe, <laughs> I guess. So Trantis apparently is going to be the test subject for the time destructor. <laughs> Which the Daleks go ahead and activate. Everyone kind of like watches and waits. Trantis like braces himself basically, but nothing happens. The Daleks confirm on their, you know, their readouts and gauges and whatnot that. Thanks, Dalek Carl. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> they confirm that the, the Time Destructor's mechanism is functioning perfectly. So it must be a problem with the terranium. Uh, that's a valid conclusion that they've drawn uh-huh. there. <laughs> they blame Mavic Chen, of course, and they go to confront him. They tell him that the terranium has failed and it's worthless. And he says, No, no, it can't be. It came from Uranus. I know it did. Uh huh. One sec, Matilda wants out. Oh, Matilda. Of course, little co host. Of course, we'll let you out. Bye, kitty. I'm a little hurt that Beans hasn't tried to come in yet. Yeah, I'm a bit surprised it took Matilda as long as it did. I thought I would. Try an experiment of having the door closed today. 
Yeah. Interesting that I think Beans is probably just asleep or something. I yeah, I just heard her meow, so I'm pretty sure that the door closed experiment is is now failing. So one sec. <laughs> I heard it too. <laughs> oh, hi, Kitty. Are you back? <laughs> yeah, I you're gonna leave again. Okay. It's very cat. She's a cat. <laughs> Mavic Chen blames the doctor, which, of course, is correct. Yes. And the Black Dalek orders another Dalek to go call the planet Scarrow and ask for a time machine. Cool. It lets Salation go since they were invited to this time destructor test run, like, just as an observer, basically. Mm -hmm. But Mavic Chen has to wait here with the Daleks until the time machine arrives. You'd think that when you call for a time machine, it would like instantly appear. <laughs> uh -huh. It's a time machine. They can just send it to you at any time. And so the moment that you ask for it could be the moment. Anyway, that, that'd be a fun like I don't yeah. know, gag or, or uh, I, don't, I don't know if that would even count as a gag. That might just be like a, a thing to do. <laughs> a Dalek asks the Black Dalek what to do with the subject, meaning Trantis, subject of the uh -huh. experiment. Uh -huh. And the Black Dalek says to exterminate him. He's like, dude, why'd you even ask? Come on. <laughs> uh -huh, seriously. So the Dalek does this via film negativizer. Yep. And according to the loose canon action subtitles, Mavic Chen looks on this in horror. Uh, I think Mavic Chen had a, a little bit of a premonition there. <laughs> this podcast is amazing. 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 The emissaries from the seven planets will arrive as arranged. And we will tell them all about this podcast. Tell your, tell your friends. Tell your, your friends. Tell your friends. Write a review and leave it with a five-star rating. We, we obey. obey. We obey. Back on the TARDIS, they're still being followed. So the doctor decides that he has to land. We cut to footage of a cricket match. But the English batsmen are really fighting against the clock now, Scott. My word, yes. 78 runs in 45 minutes to win. It really has been an exciting game, hasn't it, Scott? Very exciting. Excellent. Cricket. Uh-huh. 78 runs seems like a lot to me, but I also know that, for whatever reason, cricket scores can be, like, yeah. super high. So Yeah, that's true. I know very little about cricket. They only have 45 minutes to get 78 runs, though. So. Oh, that's true. Of course, the TARDIS then materializes on the pitch, which concerns one of the announcers because he's speculating, you know, if it takes like 10 minutes to clear it off the pitch, then England will have to get 78 runs and only 35 minutes to win. Do you think they'd pause the clock? But I don't know if that's not a thing they do in cricket. yeah. Yeah, I kind of had the same thought, but I know next to nothing about cricket, so who knows. Yeah. The the 
party members don't leave the TARDIS. We don't get like any cricket pitch hijinks. The TARDIS just like dematerializes not too long later. Oh, I see. We were just uh, using up time, huh? Uh-huh. Apparently, it took about two and a half minutes off the clock, so England is left with 42 and a half minutes to get their, their 78 runs. Mm. Well, maybe they're about to have some Daleks materialize, and then we'll get some Daleks on the pitch hijinks. <laughs> we cut back to the TARDIS. It seems that they're still being followed. And then we cut to the Dalek control room where the Dalek time machine materializes. The black Dalek starts giving the orders to prepare it for the pursuit of the time travelers. Cool. It tells Mavic Chen that he has to go with them. And if they fail to retrieve the Terranium core, you will suffer the same fate as the time travelers. Annihilation. That seems fair. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. We get some stock footage of... Oh, hi, Kitty. <laughs> of Matilda. <laughs> we get some stock footage of some volcanoes and lava flows and stuff. And now we know where the episode got its name. <laughs> and the TARDIS materializes, like, in the stock footage. The Doctor says that they're going to have to take off soon... Not only because they're in a rather unpleasant location, but also because whoever has been following them has also landed. Uh-oh. We cut to some more stock footage of volcanoes and lava flows, and then we cut to a loose cannon composite shot of like volcanic rocks and boulders and stuff, and... A glowing door opens in one of the boulders, and out walks the monk. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because his uh, chameleon circuit or whatever it is actually works. Actually work, yeah. I was not expecting to see him again, <laughs> I'll be uh -huh. honest. Or I think, I think it was one of those things where I was like, oh, I think he shows up later in the novels or something. Or, or, you know, fans speculate that he might be the same character as some later characters or something. I, I Either I didn't realize that he shows up again so soon in an actual episode, or I yeah. saw it and forgot. Or Anyway, cool. That's awesome. Welcome back, Monk. <laughs> <laughs> he whips out a pair of binoculars, and he very quickly spots the TARDIS, and he starts to laugh. Yeah, he, uh, he, he's not the biggest fan of the Doctor. Yeah. The Doctor has apparently abandoned the idea of taking off soon already because he, Sarah, and Stephen are all outside the TARDIS now, and the Doctor has started to wonder who might be following them. And, of course, that means that the Doctor has to investigate. Who knows how long that's going to take. Yeah. So the three of them start searching and as soon as they're a little ways away from the TARDIS, the monk sneaks up to the TARDIS. He puts on some protective goggles, and then he uses a handheld device to make a sci-fi noise on the TARDIS door. And then he takes his goggle off and puts his tools away and sneaks away. Devious. 
Why is, why is he always meddling this month? <laughs> uh-huh. The doctor thinks he's figured out who's following them. He's acting as if he knows who it is, but he's not actually saying who it is, which Stephen picks up on. <laughs> I've got on, tell us. Otherwise, you'll say you're right whoever we meet. Yeah, he, he's picking up on the doctor's <laughs> tricks here. He's uh-huh. figuring out the doctor's, uh, how the doctor works. The doctor doesn't tell him. He basically just makes a quip about Stephen lacking patience. And then, like, before he could tell him, the monk appears on a ridge above them. And the doctor is like, aha, just the one I knew was following us. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. So the monk and the doctor chat for a minute. They're, like, shouting, you know, because the monk's up on top of the ridge. So they're shouting back and forth. Mm Mm-hmm. The doctor congratulates the monk on escaping, and he reveals that he eventually managed to bypass the dimensional controller, which made for a rather uncomfortable ride, but it was better than 1066. So what that means is that he managed to cram himself into his like tiny little TARDIS. I think so, um, yeah. And then fly it very, very gingerly (laughs) uh, with the tips of his fingers. Uh Uh-huh. He does confirm for the doctor that he is here for revenge purposes. And he has already carried out his plans. So the doctor and his companions are now officially marooned on the planet Tigus. Tigus. Cool. So the monk laughs and laughs and the doctor basically starts heading toward the TARDIS to check up on it. Yeah, fair. At the TARDIS, the doctor tries his key, and it doesn't work. Someone's put sci-fi gum in the lock. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, he, he says that the monk used... Some kind of way. ...to fuck up the lock mechanism. That's... Even more devious than using some kind of beam. Uh-huh. Steven pulls out his lock-picking equipment and starts trying to just, like, pick the lock. Which, I will be clear, looks like a standard, like, key-based lock that you might expect to see on a 1960s police box. Huh, all right. And the doctor's just like, dude, don't bother, that's not gonna work. The doctor thinks about it for a minute. He, I'm sure the GM makes him make some rolls when he proposes his plan. But what he does is he takes his ring off and then he tells everyone to cover their eyes. And then he kind of like holds his ring up to be like in between the, the Tigus sun and the lock mechanism. So it, it's like when you use a magnifying glass to try to burn something? Yeah, kind of. Um, some sci-fi sounds happen. Of course. And 
then he like waits a minute and then he tries his key again and it works. Nice. <laughs> well, <laughs> that was easy. Uh-huh. So they all board the TARDIS. The monk watches as it dematerializes. He shouts, You haven't heard the last of me, Doctor! You haven't heard the last of me! Excellent. Classic. Yeah. Given that it's a reconstruction, we can only assume that he shakes his fist at the sky. I mean, I think that's a safe assumption. Yeah. Matilda thinks so, too. Thanks, Matilda. Glad we're on the same page. On the TARDIS, they all basically agree that the monk's going to be back. And, you know, Sarah's like, at least this time we'll know to expect him. Mm -hmm. The doctor sends Stephen over to a control panel for Stephen to watch and, you know, tells him to let the doctor know as soon as the monk's TARDIS registers on the indicator. Stephen still wants to know, like, how the doctor got into the TARDIS, how he fixed the lock mechanism, basically. Yeah. The doctor explains... The sun in that particular galaxy has very unusual powers. I merely reflected its powers through that ring. Okay. Yeah, that is all the explanation we get. He refuses to tell them, like, specifically what the sun's powers are. Because he yeah. doesn't want to discuss it anymore, and Stephen should do as he's told. Okay. I mean, I kind of feel like that's the writers uh, telling <laughs> us not to worry about it too much. Uh-huh. The Daleks, meanwhile, are boarding their time machine, and they start a countdown from 100, which, of course, means that for, like, several lines of Dalek dialogue... There's another Dalek voice in the background just counting down from 100. Excellent. They have apparently located the enemy ship on planet Earth, London, 1966. Which, I guess, is 1966. Apparently that's how the Daleks say years. Cool. We cut back to the TARDIS, where... They're watching celebrations taking place outside. They're, like, watching them on the scanner. Right, because this would be the, the New Year's episode if the last one was the, uh, right. the Christmas episode. Yeah, it's not clear to the TARDIS crew what's happening, but it is actually, like, apparently the London New Year's celebrations as 1965 turns over to 66. Cool. And, yeah, that... I guess technically would have been the night before this episode aired because it aired on New Year's Day. Cool. The doctor and his crew figures that they're probably not going to be able to repair the TARDIS at this location. I guess because there's like too many people or maybe they know it's going to be not high technology or it's, it's not clear, but not going to be able to repair the TARDIS here. Hmm. We cut back to the Dalek control room where the countdown reaches zero. The Dalek time machine dematerializes and the black Dalek who stays behind in the control room assures the other Daleks that conquest is assured. Fantastic. 
And as they all chant, the words next episode, Golden Death, appear on screen. Okay. Well, we'll see what that means. <laughs> in in the episode volcano, it meant a volcano. So sometimes these can be kind of literal. Yeah is is somebody gonna get like molten gold poured down their throat or something? Yeah. Uh, we'll see what notes Terry Nation left for Dennis Spooner, I guess. <laughs> see if those notes included the memo that this is actually technically a children's program one one hopes but uh there seems to be no no guarantee yeah especially given that that good old terry seems to be one of our main people who have forgotten that memo yeah yeah unfortunately yes Oh, cool. All right. Well, this was definitely an episode of Doctor Who. I think once again, we may not have uh, advanced the plot a whole, whole lot, but interesting to see the monk again. Yeah, I did not expect him to be back at this point either. Interesting to to have him kind of crossing over with the Daleks, Uh having two different enemies uh, recurring or, or returning from previous serials. Um, well, cool. Did you have any other notes for this episode? Um, yeah, I don't think I have much to add. Uh, yeah, I guess we are in the later half of the serial at this point, which I mentioned in our previous episode, the serial being twice as long as it was originally planned. So we probably shouldn't be too surprised that the plot doesn't advance a whole lot, but... Yeah, I mean, how else are you going to extend a serial besides cramming it full of filler episodes? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I am glad to see the monk again. That's a fun callback for sure. Yeah. We'll see what he does in the rest of the serial, if anything. <laughs> oh, cool. All right. Um, thank you, as always, to Circuit23 for the uh, music that he composed for us. You can find his album Men's Vermis at circuit. Well, yeah, uh, on his Bandcamp. You can find it on his Bandcamp. <laughs> <laughs> you can find his other music on SoundCloud. Uh, email him at circuit.23 at gmail.com. Thank you, Kyle, for watching Doctor Who and telling me all about it. And thank you, Benny, for listening to me talk all about Doctor Who. And thank you, listeners, for listening to me and listening to Kyle talk about Doctor Who. We'd love to hear from you. You can always email us at thedoctorswatcher at gmail.com or tweet us at doctorwatcher. Um, don't forget to share our show with friends and give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Indeed. They, they say that that kind of thing helps the algorithms and stuff. Yeah, and we, we want to help the algorithm. The algorithm Those, is our friend. The hungry, hungry algorithm. Yes, feed it. All right, y'all. See you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.
Meow. 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 Okay, I'll put you down. <laughs>